Hello everyone and welcome back to The Soul's Conquest. I'm your host Madhuri Masapati and I welcome you to season 5 of this wonderful, wonderful journey that we have been on for almost two years now. Woohoo! I'm super excited to share with you the stories of amazing coaches, creatives and entrepreneurs from around the world who are here to share their journeys, their crafts, their stories of obstacles and how they overcame it, tips, solutions, advice, all these wonderful, wonderful things all jam-packed into one single episode that you can listen to after this intro ends. So plug in your headphones or earphones or airpods or whatever you guys listen to on. Grab your phone, make sure that you have your notes app open to write down anything that resonates with you. And let's tune into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Souls Conquest Season 5. I am super, super hyped to have Kristen with me here. She is such an amazing soul. We had a wonderful dance session just before we started this podcast episode. So, I mean, I know that she vibes with me and I vibe with her. Um, she made my emo, emo heart all happy and gooey just by knowing a song. I mean, obviously she knows the song. <laughs> she lives in the United States. But yeah, it's fun to you know, hype it up and vibe with someone who has similar taste. So I am sure for a fact that people listening to this podcast episode or watching this episode will take a lot away from her, not just because of her music taste, but also because of the work that she is doing. So without further ado, Kristen, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me on. It is an honor and uh, I'm, I'm doing great. It's uh I'm not sure when this is going to get published, but we're recording just before the Christmas holidays here. Um, and that's the holiday that we celebrate in my family. And so we're just getting really excited. We have our tree up and we've got our gifts starting to get wrapped. And uh, we have an elf on the shelf who Ooh. is causing havoc in our house. So, <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so hyped to hear that. Uh, Kristen, for whoever is watching you or listening to you for the very first time, can you please go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so I'm Kristen Belcher, and um, I'm a mom of four, and uh, I have a couple of teenagers and a couple of younger kids, and um, I've been working for the last eight years or so as an agile coach, um, like coaching software teams and teams of teams and leaders and organizations. Um, and before that, I was a software developer for about seven years and doing a little bit of team lead stuff, a little management in there too. So that's kind of my world is like the tech industry and um, specifically like insurance and financial services. Oh, I love that. For people who don't have an awareness around what agile what being an agile coach means, could you kind of give us a bit of insight in that area? Yeah. So when you think about like coaching and sports, right? Like the coach is trying to help the players not only get better individually, but also work better together as a team. Um, at least for me, like some of my favorite uh, basketball games to watch are when there's a lot of great passes going on and there's a lot of good assists happening. And so that's um, my main goal in working with teams is I'm not only there to like help support their, their technical practices, but also like help them work better together um, and then help teams work better together with other teams. Mm. So 
in contrast to like a basketball game where you have two teams playing against each other, normally in business, we want all of our teams to be working together towards the same goal. So um, that's, that's kind of the space that I like to play in a lot is Mm -hmm. that messy middle in organizations where teams have to work with other teams or maybe departments have to work with other departments, leaders have to work with other leaders. And so just being there and trying to help people see the bigger picture, kind of see the system and work better together holistically so that they can get what they want out of their business. I love that. I love that. How did you start on this journey? Like you mentioned that you were working in software earlier before transitioning into being a coach. How did this transaction, you know, transition happen and why did it happen? Uh, well, I think at the beginning of my career, like I, I came into this with a business degree thinking that like, okay, I have this technical focus in this business degree and like technology is going to help me help other people save the world. Cool. That's great. Um, and then I did what any good business major does. And I went into management <laughs> because that's what you do. Um, And then I kind of realized in what I was doing that where I was, I was just going to continue to do the same job over and over for the next like 20 years, it felt like, and just get a bigger office. And it didn't really feel like I was going to continue to learn and grow in the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So um, I went back to being a software developer for a while. And that's when I really discovered um, Agile. I was at a company where they said, we're all going to be Agile and everybody's going to do this framework called Scrum. And so they sent us all to training and it just really resonated with me the way that like the teams were set up and how we were going to work together as like little teams and then work together across teams. And it made a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so I became, um, what in that framework is called like a scrum master, which is just a a person on a team who's kind of like a player coach. So Mm -hmm. I was a developer on a team writing code, like testing things with my teammates and also helping my team, you know, facilitate planning or like retrospect and see how we were doing and what could we do better and what were we doing really well that we should keep doing um, and kind of like celebrate. And so that's where it went to from there. And so I got to be in this like leadership position that wasn't about, you know, having formal authority or leading people or writing performance reviews or whatever. It was more of like an orchestrator or facilitator. Um, and that that really spoke to me a lot. I love that. Did you have any limiting beliefs when you were making this transition? Like, did you, you know, have anything that made you go, you know what? I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if I can do this. That's a really great question. And it hit me like, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I, I appreciate that question. Um, yeah, I, I did. Like, I think there were quite a few times, especially at the beginning where it was really exciting and it was cool. And I was like learning lots of stuff. And then it was also really hard mm. because I was working with people and, you know, humans are humans and like clearly we're not perfect (laughs) and I'm not perfect either and it was a lot of trying to get over like oh I'm not going to be perfect all the time and other people are going to have opinions and I might not like those opinions Mm. but we might have to figure this out together um and so I think for me it was it was almost like hard to get over that uh perfectionist fantasy if you (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and like 
yeah, really get into like, okay, this is okay. We're all learning. We're all growing together. Um, and embracing that, like this thing that we're doing could totally fail. Mm. Um, and having that feel like, yes, it feels scary, but it also feels okay if it does completely fail because we're going to learn something. And then if we're learning that that's not failure. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think that was probably the hardest thing for me to get over was like, oh, things might not be hunky dory and sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What made you see that shift in perspective? Because, you know, as a recovering perfectionist, it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It was like, oh my God, what do you mean? I'm not going to get it right the first time, right? So what made that perspective shift happen for you? Um, so I think that for me, there's a couple of things in my personal life mm-hmm. that started to prove that out before I even reached that point professionally. Um, one was uh, my daughter was born when I was 21. I was still in college. I wasn't married yet. Um, and I was having a baby. And like, that wasn't exactly the plan, the perfect mm-hmm. plan that I had in my mind. Yeah. Um, and you know, now she's almost 17 and she is excellent. So clearly that was the plan. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't my plan at the time. And then um, actually I, around the time I really started uh, figuring out that I, wanted to do this coaching stuff and this facilitation and get better at that. Um, the marriage I had was kind of starting to fall apart and I Mm -hmm. was getting divorced. And so that is a big lifetime realization that like, Oh shoot, you maybe aren't doing this right in quotes, Mm. right? Like, like, uh Oh, this isn't working out. Mm -hmm. Um, and get to the point where it's like accepting that yeah, that, you know, you made a big choice and it is not working out the way you planned Mm -hmm. and life is going to go on and we're going to have to figure it out. So Mm -hmm. let's get on figuring that out. Um, and so that was like a really big thing. I think personally that I've realized has had a a large effect on like who I am Mm -hmm. and how I approach coaching, um, and just how I, you know, how I approach working with humans in general, because I had two small humans I was taking care of and <laughs> trying to figure that out and also figure me out. And, mm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's always, you know, iterations of learning yeah, Ooh, <laughs> it's a lifetime you. of learning. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. First of all, that means a lot to me. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I mean, Ooh. That's all I can say. <laughs> I, I can just imagine you being in that space, juggling it all. And I can imagine. So thank you so much for sharing that and for still still being at it and sharing that perspective shift with everyone around you. I want to ask you when you were in this transition, when you were juggling on overcoming your limiting beliefs, did you ever have some sort of a mentor or any kind of a support system to help you move through this while you were working on these limiting beliefs and also juggling all the things that were happening in your personal life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I was lucky enough to have my family pretty Mm -hmm. close by. I mean, there were a few hours drive away at the time, but they were always very close and very supportive. Um, 
And I had some really great teammates. Um, oh, this is going to, wow, this comes up every once in a while. Um, but I had a teammate. I remember when I first started the um, software job that I had switched to after I was a manager. And I remember him sharing, um, just saying that, like, I know that, you know, going through a divorce is really hard. And he was like, I've been through it too. And luckily we didn't have to figure out kids and all of that. He's like, but I know it can be really tough. And if you ever want to talk, just like, let me know. And I don't even know if he remembers saying that to me, but it made such a huge impact on me to know that like, I wasn't alone, especially going into a small software company. And I was one of very few women in the development team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just, it made, it made a really big impact. And um, that was really helpful. And I think I also just like had some really great friends mm-hmm. um, who saw like just saw the possibilities for me and helped me continue to see those. And like mm-hmm. a couple of them, like one of them, we still try to go on a walk together every week. Um, and we supported each other back and forth through life situations, through um, career choices and moves um she's been one of my that I made to leave my my recent employment and kind of venture off into my own coaching and consulting world so um yeah it's it's been really useful and helpful um and I will say that like there's a whole the whole nother part of my story that I think you and I got into when we chatted before about like some time I spent in India and mm. um, you know, in Hyderabad specifically. I know we um, miss each other there. Yeah, and uh, for that part of it, I'll say like my husband was so supportive and just just amazing. And so mm. like he's, I mean, he's been excellent this whole time. I really. I really can't complain. I'm sure he's like listening to me in the other room too. So hopefully he hears me. <laughs> even if <laughs> he's not nice things about him. Yeah. But I mean them all. Yeah. No, even if he's not, we'll share this podcast with him and this will be an appreciation for him. You can be like, right. yeah. Yeah. Take this clip and <laughs> take this clip and give it to him on your anniversary and be like, here's a gift from me to you. See, I didn't right. have to work for it. <laughs> <laughs> I told the whole world about you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I definitely didn't mean to make you cry. Uh, oh, but yeah. no, I'm a crier. This okay. is just what happens. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. might as well cry in front of the world. Cause that's, if we can tangent a little bit, like mm. I, to me, I feel like that's something I always like try to like hold it in. Mm. And yes, there's definitely professional settings where like you really need to hold it in yeah, as much as you can. But also, my body's just having an emotional reaction or a yeah. physical reaction to an emotional state, right? And yeah. so it's like, that's just what happens. I, my kid, my older kids learned probably by the time they were like four or five and we had watched enough Disney movies that I cry all the time. Happy tears, yeah. sad tears, frustrated tears, elated tears. They're yeah. like, mommy, are those happy tears? Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, that's so good, um, yeah. yeah so to me like that that's my little side tangent of like sometimes people cry and at least for me I just like keep going yeah. because I know it's a it's a momentary state yeah right? 
Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I have to say I am very much of an expert in making people cry. Not in the bad way, but like I used to be a fan fiction writer and I used to write all the stuff, right? Uh, before I jumped yeah. ship, like when I was a teenager, quote unquote teenager, I was a fan fiction writer. And uh, one of my bios stated that... Uh, I love to make people cry after three cups of coffee. And then I transitioned. <laughs> and then I transitioned. This is into, why we get along so well. I know, right? <laughs> oh, and then I transitioned into being a coach. And I realized right from my very first session that literally anyone I have a coaching call with will end up crying at one point or another. The very first time it happened, I was like, Mama, what's happening here? <laughs> And then, you know, it's like, I have to stop myself from smiling when I see the person I'm coaching cry solely because, not because I'm a sadist, but more along the lines of, oh, I have created a safe space enough for them to share what's happening within them and for them to uh, be able to express their emotions without feeling judged. So it's like, you know, I have to genuinely hold myself from smiling with them. I'm like, I'm sorry this is happening to you, but yeah it's it's also it's like achievement unlocked yeah Yeah. I know right (laughs) it's crazy oh my gosh yeah I um I used to joke with one of my uh leaders at work actually a couple a couple different ones now Mm -hmm. um but they're like do we ever get through a one-on-one without you crying and I'm like I don't know (laughs) like if you if I don't either drop an F-bomb or cry during, you know, 30 minutes when we're talking to each other, something is not mm. not going right. Okay, so this is going right. I am glad this is going right because before the podcast started, I was like, please no F-bombs. And um, <laughs> at least the crying aspect is done. So I'm going to assume that this is going to be a great podcast moving forward. I mean, it has been so far, but it's going to get greater as we go. Oh, love it. Uh, amazing. Coming back to the podcast, I would love to know what yeah. would be one of your number one tips for someone who's seeking out a mentor or is seeking out a support group that might or can help them when they are moving through these transitions, when they are working on their limiting beliefs and obstacles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank I you. think one thing for me, um, I know earlier in my life, like I had this really negative perspective around um and it just like you know a real stigma around like anything related to mental health whether it was like going to therapy or using medication or anything like that um and i think like my one real heartfelt piece of advice is that like therapy is not for crazy people <laughs> therapy is for normal people yeah coaching is also not for crazy people well i mean maybe you and i maybe. are but yeah. um <laughs> But, but like, but coaching is coaching is like normal as well. Um, Mm. And I know that there are programs out there too, that are, um, I think one in the U S is called pace where um, I have a friend who does it and they just have like support group circles Mm. and there's someone who facilitates, but it's not necessarily, necessarily like therapy because they're Mm. not always a licensed therapist, but just, you know, finding that group of people who like like you were just talking about safe space who you feel Mm. like you can be safe around and whether that's you know paying a professional or paying for a service um 
or if it's, you know, just spending time with like supportive family or friends, you know, chosen family. I think that's really, really important because we're humans and we're wired for connection. Yeah. And it's been really hard kind of to connect over these last couple of years, especially face to face, but it's also made so many connections like ours right now, so much more possible. And so I think it's just, you know, finding those people, whether they're in physical space or virtual space with you, but finding those people you can connect with. Yeah. Um, And I know sometimes it can be hard and sometimes you kind of have to go looking, but don't let that stop you. Mm. Like, you know, look, they're out there. Yeah. Promise they're out there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I, I kind of have to add on to that, you know, like when I first started, I had like chronic, you know, like I had like a very weird breakdown in front of my family. And that was the first time it happened in front of the family, right? Like I always used to have things put together and um, we had gone to a therapist and she just unlocked so many things that was buried so, so, so deep. And within the first 60 seconds, not 60 seconds, sorry, in the 60 minute session that I wanted to run away. Right. And I'm just going to let you know, like there are going to be times when you might not resonate with the therapist. There are going to be times you have to go out looking for them. And that is really important. And, you know, like when I started coaching, I realized that as coaches, there's a bit more, uh, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or by reaching out to me, but as a coach, there is a bit more space for us to be as we are, right? Like we are not in a quote unquote professional setting as in we don't have to behave a certain way. We can be ourselves. I'm not sure if that is the case with all therapists out there, but my genuine advice is actually go out there and see who you resonate with and then reach out to Mm -hmm. them because it's so, so important. What would be your tip for something like that? Like, how do you find someone that you resonate with or energetically match with? Mm. You're asking all sorts of good questions. Thank you. (laughs) You've clearly done this for a while. Um, (laughs) uh, I think for me, the, honestly, I've started by um, listening to podcasts, Mm -hmm. like just finding a voice that, Sometimes um, I listen to one coach who um, I feel like I'm listening to myself sometimes. <laughs> and it's excellent because I need yeah. to listen to the things I say to myself. Um, but I I think that like, you know, there's also, like you said, finding a therapist, like there's a lot of resources, especially if you are employed full-time, you probably mm. have some sort of mental health benefit. And so use that, whether mm-hmm. it's just like, using, you know, the mental health benefits portal, or if it's actually like doing telehealth and like seeing a therapist, there's like a lot of different options. Um, and then, you know, recommendations too. I've Mm -hmm. gotten some great recommendations for meeting coaches, uh, um, and like really, you know, seeing how other people work through friends of mine and through like seeing who people post about on LinkedIn and stuff like that. Um, and then I should, I guess we should give a shout out to Polywork because you and I found each other through Polywork. Definitely. So yeah, that's a cool new platform, um, that is not, you know, sponsoring any of this, but maybe they should sponsor you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to be like, my entire season five is made out of people I met on Polywork. So you know what? 
let's see if we can make this something <laughs> right yeah. but yeah like that's a really cool new collaboration platform yeah. that um you know it's the goal is to find people to collaborate with but sometimes i think that's how we find like you said those people who matched your energy yeah. is finding people that you can collaborate with well mm-hmm. together yeah no i definitely agree um shout out to polywork if you want to sponsor me reach out to me i will let you know that i want to get sponsored by you <laughs> yes oh my gosh amazing amazing all right my next question to you kristen is this what are some of the obstacles that you faced in your journey and what were some of the solutions that you came up with yeah i'll um i'll go for like i was always looking to like learn and to grow and to feel challenged and so sometimes when you go looking for that guess what you get what you ask for mm. um and you do get challenged and so some of my challenges were like not only you know technical challenges we had through mergers and acquisitions and code bases and things like that um but also just challenges like working with people who worked in different ways. Mm. And for me, especially as a, a coach or like even just as a team member, I had to realize when I was making assumptions or like making mandates in my head about how other people should see the world. And I kind of had to take a step back and go, oh, what am I assuming is happening here? But like, how can I get really curious? and figure out what's actually happening Mm -hmm. um and so like you've done in this podcast about asking good questions like that's been something i really tried to focus on as i've worked on my coaching um and just worked on working with other humans it's like asking good questions and really understanding how other people see the world Mm -hmm. and like how it might be different than the way i see it And maybe both of those ways are different than the way we want it to be. And so then figuring out, okay, so like, how do we get from here to there? Mm. Um, And, you know, staying really, really curious. And so I think like some of the things I've run into have, especially in my coaching work and um, in my like travels near and far have just been those like, oh, shoot, Mm. I have a core assumption or belief that has now been challenged or that I'm like, why isn't this working? And I've had to step back and go, oh, oh, I see. That's why it's not working. Um, and so that coupled with a little bit of imposter syndrome around like, well, but do I even know how to make it work? Do I have to know? Mm. But one, I probably know some stuff. I know I know some stuff. Two, I don't have to know all the answers, right? Like <laughs> back to being recovering perfectionists. Yeah, (laughs) I still want to have all the answers sometimes and sometimes I don't. Yeah, and that's okay. And so like getting to that realization too, and and like even just writing myself sticky notes and reminders, like Mm -hmm. I will never do anything dumb intentionally, like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I won't. I I might do it on accident, yeah, but I'm not going to do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um so just you know, thinking about things like that and just trying to to reground myself and like stay curious and we will learn something. And if nothing else, like making those genuine human connections, like that's, what's really important to me. I love that. Ooh, I love that so much. My next question to you, Kristen, is this, you mentioned that you work with a lot of teams and between teams, uh, 
if someone out there who's a leader or who's a manager who's listening to this podcast what are the what are some of the obstacles that you've seen team managers team leaders face and what are some of the solutions that you would suggest to them if they are facing some of these obstacles right now yeah yeah there's um i mean everybody's obviously different and like sometimes you've got technical challenges sometimes you've got people challenges but I think the stuff I was just talking about around like the challenge of you and understanding your core assumptions and beliefs yeah and then how they manifest mm-hmm. out of you and your behavior and what impact that behavior has on the team like it's kind of like a, a multi-step process mm-hmm. but that effect and impact, like understanding your impact, I think is probably one of the biggest challenges for managers Mm -hmm. that I've seen, at least, Um, especially managers who really care a lot and who are really used to, uh, you know, getting things done and everybody like, and things working out and stuff, their own probably perfectionist fantasies in some way. Um, and so like, I, my, my recommendation, my genuine recommendation is to find someone who can be honest with you and especially if they can coach you. And so maybe that's Mm -hmm. a coach in your organization. Maybe that's an external coach. They're really great, you know, executive coaches out there, um, and leadership coaches, as well as agile coaches and life coaches and soul coaches. Um, so, but like, you know, back to the point about like finding who resonates with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially if you've got someone who's in your organization, whether it's a peer or like probably not someone who generally, generally not someone who reports to you, although the higher up you get, the less likely it is you're going to find somebody who doesn't report to you, who's going to be able to see you in action and then give you that, honest, candid feedback around like, Hey man, I know you really care. I can tell, like, I can tell you care so much. The way you're coming across though, is driving people insane. Like you are having this impact that like, no one wants to tell you when anything's wrong. Mm -hmm. No one wants to bring up a problem. And they're doing that because like, they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel safe or they feel scared or like whatever. And then the question of like, well, why do they feel scared? Well, what do you do when this happens? Well, it makes me angry. And so I get angry. Mm. Uh-huh. And how does that show up? Well, I raise my voice or I pound on the table or I like throw something across the room or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, which I have been the person to throw things across the room. And I still apologize to Rebecca for hitting her in the head with a whiteboard marker. I wasn't really mad. I was joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But uh, like, you know, ask, finding someone who can, who can coach in that way, right. Who can ask those questions and also tell you what they saw, who can like give you some general observations. Um, I think that's just hugely powerful. I've also run into some managers. And again, I maybe, maybe I just, this resonates with me because I'm like, oh, hey, perfectionism coming back to bite us again. But like <laughs> managers who are like, well, I really want my team to figure this out, but then they don't say anything. Mm. Okay. Well, what happens if you don't say it? Well, if I don't say anything, then no one says anything. Mm. Okay. So what can we do differently there? Um, and I once sat with, uh, 
I once had a conversation with the manager and then we decided that she was going to sit in the corner of the room with a notepad. She was Mm -hmm. not going to say the only thing she was going to say was at the beginning, she was going to introduce the topic and introduce why I was there to help facilitate. And then she wasn't going to say anything. Mm. And she had something to say. She was just going to sit in the corner. She was going to write it down. And her team was like, we don't believe that you're not going to say anything. (laughs) She's like, no, I'm really not. And I'm like, nope, she's not. And if she starts to, I will stop her. Like, that's part of my role in this. And you know what? The team figured some stuff out. And she had also said, whatever you decide, like, we will try at least for the next couple of weeks. Like we, we did this like two week cycle. And so she said for the next couple of weeks, whatever you're deciding here, like, that's what we will do. Mm. And, um, she's like, and I, I'm just, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to write stuff down. And they're like, for real, (laughs) I just kind of couldn't believe it, but it's, you finding those opportunities to partner with someone who can tell you what they see or maybe tell you what you need to hear and then give you the opportunity to give that opportunity to your team Mm -hmm. make the space and hold the space and make it safe for them to to get better because like I mean that's really what your goal is right mm-hmm. like yeah you, you might have to steer the ship depending on what level of the organization you're in but really generally most managers and leaders i work with like their goal isn't necessarily to steer the whole ship it's to enable their teams to succeed it's to make the environment a better place to work mm-hmm. and so finding someone who can help you see better ways to do that like that would be my advice and if you want that to be me here's my sales pitch real quick uh, you can find me at snarkandfire.com. Nice. I'll give them an, <laughs> give them the link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all there in the, you know, you, what you just told one of my questions because I was going to ask you, that. I'm going to ask it to you again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal the question yet, but okay. real quick, what is one thing that you hope after you facilitate or after you coach someone, what is one thing you hope would happen to the clients that you're working with? One thing that they take away from the conversation that you have with them. Um, I mean, I want them to learn something. And learning something might just be thinking about something differently or like mm-hmm. seeing other perspective. That's, I mean, even that to me, like it seems like such a little step, but it mm-hmm. can be so powerful because once you unlock that cycle in your brain of like, oh, well, I could look at this this way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could see it that way. Then you really start to unlock that power of like human curiosity and learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just really, really, really powerful. Um, And I think like, I want them to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's the other thing. And it's not just about having fun, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's about productive fun. But sometimes fun for the sake of fun ends up being super productive it it might not be what you're doing in that moment, but it's the environment that it creates and the creativity that it unlocks by just like having a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did this before we started this podcast. You were like, do you want to have a dance party? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and also like maybe saying yes to something that mm-hmm. they might not have 
before, you know, stepping into being able to be silly or maybe to make a mistake or to show a little vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in a lot of spaces, being able to do that can be really powerful Mm. for your team too. Yeah, I love that. Why is learning fun and being vulnerable, your clients experiencing these experiences important to you? Those are important to me because they really align with like what my main values are. Mm -hmm. So one is, you know, genuine human connection. And so to me, that is vulnerability. Um, And then another value of mine is growth. And so that's learning and growing and sharing and exploring together. Um, And then the last one is sustainability. And I think fun helps Mm -hmm. make things sustainable. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's why those are really important to me. I love that. All right, moving on to the next phase of this podcast. This podcast actually started out as a spiritual uh, podcast. And as an ode to that, I would love to have you share some of your self-care or spiritual routines that you do on a daily basis to manage and balance your work and life. Yeah, thanks for asking that. That's um, something that, I've explored a little bit lately mm-hmm. um, with a, a group of women. I went on a women in agile open retreat together and we talked nice. about um, routines for joy in our lives. Um, and we, yeah, we had a really great conversation and it made me realize that for me, um, there's a lot of like spiritual connection that I want to get back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have grown up Catholic. And so, you know, Christian religion and um, really focused on God. And so I always have prayed. Um, I don't always like go to church or things like that, but for me, like I connect with that through time thinking and praying and writing. Mm -hmm. And I have found that if I can write when I'm stressed, it actually helps me de-stress and it helps me feel more grounded. Mm -hmm. But when I start to get stressed, that's the hardest time to take a moment and, you Mm -hmm. know, and start writing um, Mm -hmm. and really like get it out of my brain processed through my thoughts and out of my hand and onto paper. Um, And for me, that's like one of the, the strongest ways that I can really process emotion. Like Mm. this is great because I'm talking and I can talk and I can record myself all day long. Um, And then like, listen to the playback if I want to. And it's good. It's good to like get it out, but then there's not like something that feels so grounded as writing it down to me. Mm. So like, that's really one of my strong practices is uh, to hashtag WSD, which is write stuff down. Or you can substitute the word stuff with a, you know, non-PG-13 word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. You know what? That is actually really good advice. And um, even with the aspect of writing things down, this is something that I suggest to people literally all the time like all of my clients I suggest them to do this once in a while I said this this to my family as well but they're like (laughs) Uh, but uh, I mean I feel like when I'm saying it to my clients they're 
paid for the service so they're like okay you know what we we at least try to listen you're to like what I'm you as well try it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually writing things down is really great because it helps you as you said process your emotions and look back at what you experienced so that the next time you are actually going through something like that you can be like oh what did i do the last time this happened to me and then you have mm-hmm. like a road map of how you went through that journey i you know what i would also suggest if you are interested in it sometimes i ask people to write down all their emotions on a piece of paper like feeling angry agitated irritated all of that stuff and then i ask them just burn it right like burn the piece of paper and it's such a huge way of release like it's like ah like you can physically feel that oh yeah i'm letting go of this emotion so yeah i mean just uh, a tip out there yeah fire like fire yeah. is something that's really powerful mm. um and like you said, it can, it can, it can bring warmth and comfort, right? It can kind of spark joy, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it can also be destructive and help mm-hmm. you just like get it out and release it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I love that like dual aspect. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love. I could go on about this. So I'm gonna come back to the podcast <laughs> and. <laughs> I want to ask you this. What has been one of your previous soul's conquest and what is your current soul's conquest? Um, um, it's funny enough. It's the same, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's reconnecting with me mm. and who I am and where I want to be in this world um and how like how i am contributing to it and how i'm existing in it Mm. so previously like we talked earlier about like going through like a, a divorce cycle and new job and that kind of thing um and then where i'm at right now i uh, I joke that I'm doing the professional version of like finding yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I um, have been on this journey of like starting my own coaching and consulting business. And it is kind of that, like another round of that cycle to go, okay, so who am I and what am I doing? And why is this so hard? And I kind of realized, well, it's so hard because no one's done it before. And not that no Mm. one's created a coaching or a consulting business before, but no one who is me Mm. has done that before. And so it's, it's finding me and staying true to me. Like that is my current soul's conquest. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Uh, I resonate so hard with the work that you're doing right now. Solely because that is one of my goals for next year is to start my own coaching business as well um, around stress management. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, my entire mission is to make stress management fun. So um, I plan on bringing in coaches who help with breath work, with somatics. I want to bring in coaches who are female oriented, coaches who are male oriented and um, maybe sound healing and stuff like that. So like I have an entire thing planned out. I just have to start reaching out to people and be like, do you want to do this? Like, do you want to do this? Uh, but yeah, oh my gosh, I resonate so hard with that. What is one thing that has recently impacted your life? Um, I think going from 
uh, two full-time incomes down to one Mm -hmm. has been a a big impact. Like we, you know, to truly talk about like, yes, there has been a wonderful heartfelt, like freeing aspect of exploring and, you know, figuring out what it is I'm trying to do here, but I couldn't do that without my husband still working. Um, that's that for our family, that's what's necessary. And so mm-hmm. even seeing that impact of like, oh, I'm trying to make dinner more because we can't go out to eat as much for mm-hmm. instance. Um, like that's like a tiny little thing, but it is a way that I've like started to shift things is like mm-hmm. keeping an eye more on those like financial aspects, especially with you know, holidays and things coming up and gifts and all of that. Um, and then I'll say that the, like, that could be seen as like a negative or, or some sort of hardship or whatever. Um, it's not that much of a hardship, but yeah. it's, it is hard and it's different. Um, but on the like kind of flip side of that, on the warm and fuzzy, like happy side is I feel like I've been showing up better for my family lately. Um, okay. because I've, been on this journey Mm. so it's um that's been really making like making me realize that like it was a good decision for me I love that I love the perspective change you have I love the mindset that you have my next question to you which you kind of already answered but my next question to you is this what is something you would like the audience to look into after they finish listening to or watching this podcast Well, if you want to look into what I'm offering more, you can Mm -hmm. go to snarkandfire.com. And that is also still a work in progress. But like any great software product, I am iterating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I would say, like, look into yourself more. Um, And, you know, like, do some introspection, especially whenever this comes out, like it'll probably be, you know, still early in 2023 and we're getting a whole new year started and you don't have to necessarily make a new year's resolution or whatever, but like, just be intentional and like Mm -hmm. give yourself some of that time and space that you probably give to other people a lot. I love that. Oh, one last thing that you would like to leave my listeners and watchers with. Oh, you know, um, I have a couple of things written on my whiteboard. Mm. Um, one is a Brene Brown quote that is vulnerability uncovers your truth. Mm-hmm. I believe that's hers. Um, I also have have fun at work. Mm. And be the change you wish to see in the world. I love that. Ooh, amazing. Such a powerful way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Kristen, for showing up here, for sharing your story, for being vulnerable and letting the world know the things that you worked through, some amazing tips and advices for team leaders and managers out there. Thank you so much for being here. This was such a powerful episode. Thank you so much. Madarima, thank you so much for having me. It's been so yes. fun. Yay! Thank you so much for listening till the end of this episode. 
I am extremely excited and grateful to have you here as a part of the Conqueror family and for you to enjoy all these episodes that I am putting forward. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your stories and tag me on Instagram at Madhurima, that is M-A-D-H-U-R-I-M-A underscore freedom, that is F-R-E-E-D-O-M, soul coach, S-O-U-L-C-O-A-C-H. Wow, that's a mouthful. But Feel free to tag me on there and let me know what your biggest takeaway from this particular episode was. You can also let me know on Instagram who is a guest that you would like to have on the show next. And I will try my level best to reach out to them and have them on the show just for you guys. Thank you so much for being here once again. Please feel free to rate, review on Apple and let me know what you think about this episode. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next one.